For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 174 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we've got an exciting news week for you guys for once. Some Star Wars live action TV news. Some resistance discussion. And to cap it off, last but not least, we will be hearing from the future screenwriter of, of somebody's generation. Mr. Rusty Brown, who has crafted, apparently, a script featuring yours truly and my buddy Will here. You uh, and me? Yeah. A story really about you and me? And apparently a raccoon. Um, oh. So we'll hear that. Will and I have the script. I checked the file to make sure it was okay. Like, just briefly skimmed it. I didn't want to dive into it too much because I want our reactions to be like, True, genuine, first-time reactions when we read this masterpiece. Yeah, you don't want us to manufacture anything. This, this is This could genuine. be like the equivalent of George Lucas sending Steven Spielberg the first script for Star Wars. Table read. This is the first table read. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> so who knows? This could be Rusty's THX 1138, you know? Wow. And then what's to say, like, what if we do a real kick-ass job? Rusty, he climbs that Hollywood ladder as a screenwriter. And let's say Rusty's like, hey, I know who would be good in this movie. My buddies, Halls and Will. And then we're in a goddamn movie. Where we could be the bunion on the foot of the body that is the movie. <laughs> Hold that thought, because before we talk about all the cool stuff, I'm going to get the business out of the way. Ooh. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. You can... Follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Do not forget the Kessel Toy Run, where you can donate new unopened Star Wars toys to help sick kids in need. Check them out. They're all over Cecil, Cecil Media, social media. Uh, at and the Cecil Media. And Cecil Media, whatever the fuck that is. 
whatever uh, whatever media you use at the Kessel Toy Run on Twitter and Instagram, and you can also search the Kessel Toy Run on a Facebook, and you can find it out is how to that donate. that giving season. It is, and you know what else has been in the hopper? Recording is hot and heavy. We're recording Blue Harvest real late on a Thursday night because I've been so ass busy recording segments for this year's Blue Harvest Holiday Special, which will be coming very very soon, and will feature. Lots of people you like. And all the proceeds from the sales of the Blue Harvest Holiday Special go to help out the Kessel Toy Run. The very thing we were just talking about. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. You'll be able to get updates on that on all our social media pages and, you know, here on the podcast when it's ready. <clears throat> we have a Patreon page. If you guys are into supporting... Goofy little podcast like this one, check it out at patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. We have such amazing shows as Star Wars Year by Podcast, Cooking with Will, which just had a new episode go up. Hey, uh, hey. Blue Harvest Adventures with our buddy Robbo. And that's some good premium quality yeah. stuff right there. Oh no, it's Hall Solo. Jaws. We'll have a new episode of that coming up very soon. Every Monday, like clockwork, knock on wood. We haven't missed one yet. We put up a new a bonus episode of Blue Harvest Patreon content. Once again, patreon.com slash a Blue Harvest podcast. The place to go where if you like what we do to get a little bit more of what we do do for you. Will's on fire. He got the word that he was going to get to put his acting chops to, to work tonight and it lit him up like the fucking 4th of July. I'm just Listen trying to, to keep my energy up. Well, I'm trying to keep my energy up. I'm trying to keep the positivity flowing. Here we go. One last thing. We are so damn proud to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. The best damn ass, damn ass. podcast network in the entire galaxy. Where we are the bunion on a beautiful foot of podcast. Podcasts like now this It is would be a foot thing. model. If it weren't for, for us. Bunion. Yep. Big blue yep. bunion. Frenchman, everything. Whole nine yards. Why is it blue? We don't know. You should go get that looked at. You might want to have that looked at. Now this is podcasting Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, The Sith List, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, Idiots Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. All right, buddy. So why don't we get the big news out of the way? Yeah. Big news happened today. So... I guess it was last night I saw people talking on Twitter about how there was going to be a Disney earnings call with Bob Iger today. And in the past, it doesn't happen every time there's one of these calls, but in the past there's been some pretty big announcements. Um, I feel like it was around this time last year that they had the earnings call where the Ryan Johnson trilogy was announced. That they were signing him on for more Star Wars movies. And things of that nature. So, people were definitely interested in what was going to be going down. And, uh, you know, some people were like, don't get your expectations up. It could be nothing. They may not even mention Star Wars. Well, they mentioned Star Wars. And not only did they mention Star Wars, they mentioned live-action television Star Wars. And we're not talking about The Mandalorian. That's right. Today. November 8th, 2018, they announced a 
Cassian Andor live action series for the Disney streaming service, Disney Plus. I think that uh, if they hadn't done it, it would have been a missed opportunity. So glad that they did it because Diego Luna, right? Yep. And he is Diego Luna is such a talented actor. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much you can do with that character. We already know his end, but we know almost nothing about his life. So there's so much you can do. You know, you could go on forever, you know, and just delay Rogue One till the very end. Like, you know, that's the, the last chapter. Yes, indeed. So you want? I'm sure they won't go on and on. And you know, it's a, like I'm sure it'll be a mini series. Or yeah, uh, we'll talk about that in a second. What Bef- they call a limited series. Yeah, before we get into all that, because there's a lot of speculation to be had about what we could and could not see in this series. Let me read uh, the official announcement from StarWars.com. Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger announced today that Lucasfilm is in development on a second Star Wars live action series. Disney Plus, the company's new direct-to-consumer streaming service. The series, which will go into production next year, follows the adventures of rebel spy Cassian Andor during the formative years of the Rebellion and prior to the events of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Diego Luna will reprise the role of Andor. Going back to the Star Wars universe is very special for me, said Luna. I have so many great memories of the great work we did together and the relationships I made throughout the journey. We have a fantastic adventure of us, and this new, exciting format will give us the chance to explore this character more deeply. The rousing spy thriller will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to a galaxy in the grips of a ruthless empire. A release date for the series has not yet been announced. Stay tuned to StarWars.com for the latest updates. So yeah, big surprise. Like Kick ass. I kind of wondered, you know, just like everybody else, if we were going to be getting some sort of Star Wars announcement today. Honestly, uh, I was kind of pulling and hoping for an announcement of whatever the 2020 Star Wars movie is going to be. But... This one took me by surprise. I did not see this coming. Um, and it was a nice surprise. I was pretty stoked to hear that. Um, so, yeah, what do you think? What do you think about the possibilities of a Cassian Andor live action series? It can't be anything but kick-ass. There's no way it could be bad. Like, yeah, it, it sounds a like a slow episode, character development episode or whatever, but... There's no way it's going to be bad. It's only going to be kick-ass. See, to me, that's the benefit of doing like a long-form live-action thing in Star Wars is you can take the time to have like a character (coughs) development episode. And, you know, a fucking spy espionage Star Wars show? That sounds pretty kick-ass. It does. Um, And I think it leaves open... And I mean, it, it... add some more weight and gravity to his line in Rogue One when he's right. talking about some people have been fighting this war. I've been in know. this war since I was six years old. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think tomorrow while I'm working, I think it's time to pop in Rogue One. And it's been a little while since I've watched Rogue One. Um, brush the dust off a little bit. Brush the dust off a little bit. Get reacquainted a little bit. And, you know, now that I'm all hyped up about this news. But I think it it opens some really cool possibilities. Like, obviously, 
We get the announcement that Diego Luna's coming back to play the role. That's really cool. But there's also the possibility of some other characters showing up here and there. Obviously, K2SO has to be at least on the table as a possibility, you know. Um, so I saw some people saying like, oh, maybe it'll show how Cassian gets K2 and reprograms him. And then, which it still could, even though this happened, but it is something to keep in mind. There was a comic series called Cassian and K2, or K2 and Cassian, that came out around the time of Rogue One or, or shortly thereafter that covered that story of K of Cassian getting K2 and reprogramming him. That doesn't mean they can't retell that or re form that for the live action show, but it's definitely something they've already, a story they've already told. Um, I haven't read that comic series. I actually had to go to our buddy King Tom for the download because I thought maybe he had read it and, uh, he's the one that let me know that it did cover that. Can you think of any other characters that you'd maybe want to see in this? Oh, goodness. Um, Uh, Chirrut. Chirrut would be awesome. It would. Now, see, the thing about the rest of the supporting cast in Rogue One... I mean, you couldn't have them meet each other. I mean, I know that. Um, Although, if this is a big hit, you know what would be cool is a separate Chirrut and Bays series. Hell yeah. I didn't even think about that until you brought that up. Yeah, like um, Guardians of the Wills. Yeah, fucking show that would be fucking tight. I would be all about that. Um, or the and they could run into the Mandalorians back in the day. There's all kinds of stuff they could do with that. Um, so yeah, I, you know, like Bodhi, he's still with the Empire. Chert and Bays, they're off on Jetta. You know, obviously Jen's not part of the rebellion, so I don't think you're going to get any of those supporting characters. However, like, what about? Uh, Krennic, director Krennic, he could show up. He could, you know, that would be pretty fucking tight to get Ben Mendelsohn back, um, at least for an episode. Um, uh, you know, Mon Mothma, uh, Dodonna, uh, all those like the rebel pilots that are only in Rogue One. The uh, I can't remember his name. The general, the, obviously. Honestly, I think they almost have to get the guy that Cassian sort of works for in the Rebellion. You know, the guy that's like, he's sort of an asshole, and he's like, I don't give a fuck about anything. You know what I'm talking What is his name? Yeah, I can't remember. Fuck me. I'm going to try to look it up. Um, I think Darth Vader kills him in the comics. Yes. Is it Draven? Maybe. Is it General Draven, or am I thinking of fucking Eric Draven the Crow? I don't know, dude. You would know before I would, just being honest. Oh, what about Infus Nest? Infus Nest, that'd be cool. Or Infus Nest Mom. So, no, this would be after Solo. Oh. Well, more than likely. Because, you know, Solo... I mean, I'm I'm thinking in uh, I guess just bigger. What could be beyond just this one show? But I guess I do need to rein it into this time frame. 
Yeah, and well, I mean, I guess there's no, um, there's no, uh, like you could do an Infos Nest limited series for sure. And I guess there's no set thing where they can't, you know, sort of flashback to a younger Cassian. But with having Diego Luna play the character, I would imagine it has to be within a at least a a small handful of years of the events of Rogue One. Like, what would you buy? How much before Rogue One would you buy that it's the same guy? You know, like maybe five years? I think you can take a lot of years off Diego Luna because he's young looking naturally. Like, I just remember him in Elysium. Right. And he looked young as hell. He looked young as hell. (laughs) So, um, it is Draven. Draven is that um, rebel leader guy that's kind of a dickhead. Like... I think you definitely bring him back if he'll come back. Same thing with Mon Mothma. Uh, fucking uh, Admiral Radis. Give me more Radis for sure. Paycheck is a paycheck. Like, show up. Well, yeah, like, you know. Yeah, you know, but you never know. Like, I'm not. Some people could not want to. Well, not not necessarily that as much as who knows what that, that actor who played Draven is up to. Maybe he's busy. For all I know, maybe he's in some huge movie that I know nothing about. Like, I don't. I ain't keeping up with him. He was in and out of Star Wars. I was like, you were good in Star Wars, buddy. See you later. If I see you good in Good job, else. that guy. <laughs> nice job, that guy. Oh, dude, I was watching... Um, speaking of that guy, I was watching um, this horror movie on Netflix called Apostle. Pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I think you recommended that to me. I know, I've been recommending it to people. I don't know that anybody's been like, I'm going to watch that. but I was watching it and one of the characters in it, I was like, I fucking seen this guy. Where do I know him from? Turns out it was the last Jedi. He's captain Kennedy. The guy that's like, we should have scrambled tie fighters five bloody minutes ago. He's like the, the head officer or whatever on the dreadnought. Yeah. He gives the last harumph before Mm -hmm. he dies. Mm hmm. He's he's a pretty major role in this Apostle movie. Um, yeah, I just think that's really cool. And, you know, when we first heard, remember a couple of months back when the rumor broke that there were going to be like sort of Marvel miniseries on the Disney streaming service, like about Loki and the Scarlet Witch and stuff? Yeah, and Falcon and Bucky. Yeah, that's the newest rumor. Well, speaking of which, today they confirmed that the Loki miniseries is happening with Tom Hiddleston reprising the role. So they've at least announced the first one. Now, you know. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, what I was going to say is, you know, back then we were discussing, like, oh, well, maybe that's how we get a sequel to Solo. It's through this TV. Um, avenue the streaming avenue and like you know maybe the performance of solo would hold them back from committing to that but if they're going to do it for cassie and if they're going to take a character from one of the spinoff movies and give him his own show i don't see why they might wouldn't take a chance bring old alden back and let him do a han solo series set after Solo. why not i think that would be kick-ass have lando come back as well and also you got to think like so, if all the rumors about Marvel are true, it, I mean, the, the Loki one turned out to be true, so you gotta imagine that the Scarlet Witch one and the Bucky and Falcon one are also 
at least on the table being discussed, if not also happening, then there's a good chance that they're also doing the same same thing with Star Wars. That there's more than just the Mandalorian and Cassian in the works for Disney Plus. So who knows what these character spinoffs could be? Um, I don't know. I think it's pretty rad. Like, and and Rogue One's by no means like my favorite of the Star Wars movies or the new Star Wars movies, but I think it is a way for me to actually grow my appreciation for the series by giving me some more backstory and character development for Cassian, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's a way <laughs> to further endear the movie you've already made. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see who they get to be involved on sort of the creative side, you know, like, um, do they bring Gareth Edwards back? Maybe not as like a showrunner in the John Favreau capacity, but does he direct an episode? That could be pretty cool. And it could be like a sort of, uh, I just wonder how much bad blood there is there. I don't know. I mean, if there was bad blood, he did an awful good job of playing nice during the press for rogue one. You know, they never uh, trotted out Tony Gilroy and were like, this guy reshot our movie and saved it. Like, in all the interviews and stuff, all the red carpet stuff for Rogue One, it was always Gareth Edwards. So, I don't know. (laughs) I think maybe he played nice enough to where things might still be cool. Like, I'm not saying they're going to be rushing to give that guy another Star Wars movie anytime, but I also can't see why they wouldn't let him direct an episode of the the miniseries if he's interested in it. I think everybody's scared. Scared of Star Wars projects at the moment. You think so? I don't... I think directors and producers and things are. Yeah, I don't think so. I get the vibe. I mean, not necessarily. Like, they know it's still money, but... I think they thought they were just... I think they were gonna... Everything they they thought everything they were going to produce Star Wars was going to be gold no matter what because it was Star Wars, and I mean that's just not the case. You have to make quality content for people. Yeah, well, I mean, see, that's the thing is I don't feel like any of it is not quality. Quality that's the thing. is not the And sometimes the issue. when I, I've watched Rogue One and watching Rogue One reinforce, you know, reemphasizes how good Solo is. You know, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when I watched Rogue One, I'm like, this is good. I mean, it's still really good. But then I'm thinking, Solo was pretty damn, if not better than this. Like, it's still pretty damn good. Like, I don't know why it caught so much flack, you know, personally. But I, that's honestly, why I think the big, the big ups are nervous. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, Put I still think, on. like, if I were confident enough and had the skills to be, you know, either a writer or a director or producer... Uh, I don't know that there's anything that could scare me away from Star Wars. Like, well, if they weren't scared, they'd still be making those other side story projects. Now, that's not directors and stuff. Like, that's them. I wouldn't even think it's scared. It's like, oh, we just had a financial failure in Solo. Maybe people don't want this in movie form. You know? They're mm-hmm. clearly pushing some stuff to the the realm of TV. It's kind of like how Marvel knows like a Loki movie. 
I don't know that like there's there will definitely be people online that would be like, yeah, I would go see a Loki movie. I love Loki. I've got a huge right. boner for Loki. But the, the exclusive Loki fan base isn't going to be enough to make a right. big profit off of. Right. And and you would think the same with Ant-Man, but there's something about the relationship between Paul Rude, a comedian, and um, Michael Douglas and uh, Kate from Lost. Yeah, and see, the thing about Ant-Man is, is they're not like the most successful Marvel movies. They make a lot of money, but they don't make... Like they, they don't make, make a like lot a of money because dollars. they don't have a lot of mo- you know money in them. Yeah, they're definitely on the lower sort of budget spectrum of that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I don't know that it's like they're scared. I just think they're trying to make the right business, what they feel is the right business decision. You know, in my opinion, the right business decision would have been to promote Solo differently and better. Now, am I in fucking... Hollywood Faster, promotion more intense no I'm not but you know just on a personal level I feel like the solo promotion was way less there was way less of it compared to the other movies um, and by the way in this earnings call um, Bob Iger specifically called out the last Jedi and how much money it made for the company um, I would imagine so. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're still talking about three, right? Three? Yeah, three very successful billion-dollar-plus movies. So, like, this is what, um, and this is, once again, because of our buddy King Tom. This is what Robert Bob Iger <laughs> said during the conference call. I'll remind you that 2018 was the best year in our studio's history. We faced a particularly challenging comp in the first quarter due to the phenomenal success of Star Wars The Last Jedi, Thor Ragnarok, and Coco. Given the significant contributions these films made to operating income in quarter one last year, operating income from our theatrical business in quarter one this year could be down as much as $600 versus 2018. The theatrical success of Star Wars The Last Jedi also resulted in higher licensing results for the first quarter last year. So the absence of a comparable franchise title this year will weigh on our licensing licensing business in quarter one. So a lot of like hardcore business talk, but I get the fucking gist of it. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) And like, I don't want to get too excited and read into it. Um. But does that kind of seem like he's saying, like, Last Jedi did really well in December. We don't have something like this this December. So is he trying to say, like, I don't know, maybe December is Star Wars' month. And maybe we do one a year. I see, I'm trying not to read into it because he he doesn't come out and say, well, we're going to have one in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and et cetera, et cetera. So... I still don't necessarily think you should do one a year, mm. but I got limited time on this earth, Will. So one a I year is perfectly fine with me. Like I'm, I just feel like you might lose quality at one a year. I don't know. I don't feel like, especially when you, you really get to that like with Marvel, Star Wars Eleven. You know, like now I'm. I fully believe we will not be getting a Star Wars Episode Ten 
for a few years, but that doesn't mean you can't do other things. Like, I don't feel like the Game of Thrones guys or Ryan are working on the sequel to the sequel trilogy. Now, that's not what I mean. I'm not saying Star Wars doesn't. Star Wars could be released. Something a Star Wars could be released every month of the year. That's not a big deal. What I'm talking about is the saga films. Okay. Yeah, see, I'm with you. You can't do a saga film Mm. once a year, every year. No. Every Christmas. It can't be the Christmas thing. The Mm. new Star Wars movie comes out every Christmas. It'll lose its... No, I don't think that's... I don't even think that would be the plan because, for one, like you, you, you got to have a couple of years in between to actually produce those movies, you know, like, yeah. <clears throat> and like I said, we have two trilogies in the pipeline: a Ryan and a, a the Ryan Johnson trilogy and the Game of Thrones guys. I have a feeling those, like, once they start coming out, those are going to alternate. You know what I mean? Like, so we get, for lack of a better term. Episode one of the Game of Thrones guys. And then the next December we get episode one of Ryan's. You see what I'm saying? And then a year from I, that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think I, it'll depending sort of on how far along Ryan is on it, he may you know, he may make it to the finish line before the Game of Thrones guys even start yeah, first. Th- that could be um the case for sure. I saw and it wasn't like anything like I know this for a fact. There was some sort of talk on Twitter today from a couple of people that were like the Game of Thrones I've heard the Game of Thrones guys are further along than you may think like everybody has sort of assumed like they haven't even started yet because they're in the of midst, Game of Thrones. midst of like the post-production on Game of Thrones like it's done shooting you know they're probably just you know working with editors and visual effects guys and stuff like that but um, they were making it seem like it was maybe further along than people would think. So who knows, you know? <coughs> um, but yeah, whether it's Ryan goes first or those guys f- go first, I think that takes up six years of Star Wars right there, you know? Yeah. And then maybe yeah. after that six years, maybe that's when episode 10 starts, you know? And then yeah. that's alternated every other year with some other Star Wars project. Or maybe they stretch that shit out real far and we get a Star Wars movie every two years. I hope not. Like I said. It's sad to think that you would have to wait 10 years for a saga film. You know, you would but we've think done it. To an, I mean, we've done it, but... We didn't like it, but we've done it. I mean, but like you said, we have limited time on Earth. Like, people die in 10-year mm-hmm. gaps. Like, Yeah, I'm turning you around on this, buddy. Like, I need it. Maybe like, every five years. Yeah. Well, that's why I think, like, what if it is just a six-year break, you know? Like, they get those two trilogies out of the way, and then maybe that's when they start, you know, in the midst of all that, they start developing the next, the sequel trilogy and stuff, because... Like, oh, you didn't like when we were throwing Star Wars at you? Maybe you'll be a little more grateful when we take our time. Well, to go back um, to an interview from, like, maybe last year... Kathleen Kennedy said on the Star Wars show that they're examining where to go with the characters of Poe, Finn, and Rey after episode nine. So they're, it's, it's at least being talked about, right? And who knows, maybe they get movies that aren't saga films. Who knows? They could do crazy stuff. I would have never thought that they would get Diego Luna back 
for a, a Cassian series on the Disney I never thought universe. something like Rogue One would be made. You know, Rogue I'm, One was a surprise to me. Well, I, I remember Darth Vader showed up and whipped ass. Like Rogue One kind of blew my mind a little bit. I, I will be honest. I never doubted that Vader would be in that movie. I did not foresee him going on a fucking Jason Voorhees killing spree. Putting his end. cyborg nuts on the <laughs> counter. But yeah, it, it was one of those movies where like Darth Vader just seemed kind of like. Well, you're in the perfect time. You're dealing with the Death Star. Like, I'm pretty sure Tarkin's going to be in it. How are they going to do that? And Vader seems like a no-brainer. Um, Vader was easier to do than Tarkin or Leia. Cheaper. Yeah, I wish. I wonder what the budget was for Tarkin. Like, Leia, I'm sure that was expensive. I'm sure it was probably to create that digital Carrie Fisher and the technical wizardry they had to do to do that, I'm sure that was more than I make in a year. But Tarkin had to be more expensive because he's on screen more, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but, yeah, going forward, I think we could be in for some surprises. Like I said, this Cassian thing, that's a surprise to me. It's one of those things where, like, I almost feel like it's the kind of thing you would see people pitching on Twitter. Like, give me a Cassian Andor miniseries on the D Disney streaming oh, service. Yeah. And yeah, people would definitely. be like, oh, that's really cool. And I would read it and I'd be like, yeah, that's a good idea, but that ain't ever going to happen. And then look at me, fucking wrong. I almost feel like it's a missed opportunity if you don't do the chewy young Han Solo thing. Because the camaraderie and the companionship and that relationship, just seeing glimpses of it in Solo, is really, that's that's something you need more of. You know, okay, like that's the golden juice right there. Yeah. I agree, man. I would be so down for a Solo um, series. I'm talking about marketing angle. Like, it would be Han and Chewie everything. Yeah. Okay, you do the little Han and Chewie plush. Like, what it would... And so, you know, when we heard that, rumor that rumor first broke about the loki and scarlet witch series they were defined as mini series right i have right. a feeling that cassian might be the same way because once again i don't know how much time you want to fill in before rogue one with the same dude playing the role um, right so if that's a mini series like i think that's a good idea you know because that also I think so too. opens up the possibility for you know this is the anime format. Like 13, 14 episodes, right? Not not multiple seasons. Like some of the quality anime has like this many episodes and it's done. Like it's yeah. just a limited series. I mean, well, sometimes it can be even really long. Like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is like maybe my favorite anime of all time. It's like 50 episodes. But that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that was like two seasons basically. Um, but you're right. Some other anime is much shorter. Like I think a season of attack on Titan is like 10 episodes or something. And from what I understand, you know, the Mandalorian eighth mobile suit team, 13 episodes, I believe. Um, the Mandalorian, I think is supposed to be like eight episodes. I could see Cassian being somewhere in that realm, like yeah. eight episodes. Yeah, eight episodes. Same thing goes. I, I believe the original rumor about the Marvel stuff is, is that the mini series were Dude. eight episodes. You could even give me the Obi-Wan stuff in a 
in a miniseries. You'd get more. I'd get more Obi-Wan if I got it in the miniseries than in a movie. Yeah, and it would be cool. Um, I don't know that even Ewan would be uh, opposed to doing it in that format. And another benefit I could think of... You could tell a more complicated and weaving story. Well, not just that. On Tatooine, especially if you can't leave the planet. See, that's the thing. That's what I was going to say. Like, One of the things we've always talked about with this supposed Obi-Wan movie is, is it going to be weird seeing a Star Wars movie fully, like, solely set on Tatooine, right? Because we're so used to, like, planet hopping and different locales in Star Wars. Would it be weird for the viewer, at least the hardcore viewer, Star Wars viewer that pays attention to that kind of stuff or listens to podcasts or engages in Star with, you know, about Star Wars on social media and stuff. <clears throat> but I think you would be more forgiving if that was in a TV miniseries format. You'd be like, yeah, it's, it's, well, they had to do that. It's lower budget. And right. then, you know, you, you would always have people being like, well, he could leave because of this or this or this. And yeah, you could do that, but it almost seems like you're just at, well, I guess that's really what making a movie is coming up with an excuse for a character to do something, you to know? do something. I guess that's kind of the, uh, what you do when you're making a movie, the MacGuffin, <laughs> if you will. So, um, did you see? Um, Star Wars Resistance this week? I did, yeah. The yeah, I did. Children of Tehar, I believe, was yeah. the name of the title. What'd you think of it? I thought it was really good. Kind of sad, but really good. Mm-hmm. A little, you Those know. Four kids from Tahar. We're not talking fucking. They look like Dune kids. <laughs> we're not talking about, like, seven dark, but it was a little darker for a Resistance episode. No. I mean, yeah. You know, compared to the other ones, I thought it was solid. I mean, it's um, not Oliver Twist, you know? It's not like little criminal kids or anything. But Well, no. I mean, just like in comparison with the rest of the show, like the concept that these kids are orphans whose entire planet or entire village was wiped out by Kylo Ren. Yeah. Because that's sort of the big oh shit moment of this episode is they, they're talking about, you know, how their village was wiped out by somebody called Kylo Ren and he had a, a laser a, sword, a laser sword and stuff like that. Like the old Jedi. Yep. Yeah. Really cool. Like I, I didn't see it coming when it happened. I was like, Oh shit. They just dropped name drop Kylo Ren. <clears throat> some, some and what's in- sad is in the impact you see is the character shock that the first order would basically put a bounty out on children. Yeah. To silence them. Yeah, and... and you know, it, everybody's surprised at that. I mean, it is surprising. We knew they're evil, but I guess it to see that. Well, yeah, and you, you also got to realize, like, I don't think the galaxy as a whole, or at least the characters in the show, really know the evil shit that the Force, First Order is up to yet. You know? So... Yeah, the, I guess their first step onto the, the galactic scene is to wipe the New Republic. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, even attacking the village on Jakku, like, I don't know that that would cause a ruckus on the galactic stage because it's a small, out-of-nowhere, out-in-the-middle-of-nowhere sort of shitty planet. Admittedly, by everyone, it is nowhere. Yeah. Um, I thought the the Phasma stuff was cool. I thought uh, Pyre was cool, the guy in the 
golden armor. Um, I like the turtle yeah, aliens. Cool. It's cool to see the stun blaster used. Yeah, yeah. You don't see that a lot. Mm-hmm. And in this first couple episodes, you've seen it a lot. Less deadly. You know what I mean? You can do a little more with that in a kid's show than... Right, of blowing, course. ...blowing someone away. Um, but yeah, I'm, I gotta say, I'm digging um, Star Wars Resistance quite a bit, man. I think it's I fun. like the little turtle characters. Mm-hmm. I like that Kaz is actually trying to help fix things and be a good mechanic. He's trying... You know, he's still incompetent and bubbling, but he's trying. I feel like that aspect has been a little better the last couple of weeks. It has. It really has. He got an attaboy and a pat on the back from Oello Atsy. That was a cool fucking cameo. Yeah, seeing Oello show up. I was like, oh, that's my boy. But no damage. Poor dude. Poor dude. Gone but not forgotten. I remember the pain of hunting down that Black Series when it came out. Had to have my Atsy. And aren't you glad you got him now? I am. That's definitely one that I believe will stay in the collection. Because I'm a big fan of that character. I like that character design. Maybe a little overused in the force awakens and the last jedi because that that alien species is everywhere in those movies. Yeah, it's one of the new I it's like feel like it's one of the new ones they're pushing. Yeah, well you can also tell that like maybe it was JJ on um the force awakens he was like I really like that idea that design and catfish people love it. Love it. Love and it. I'm going to name this dude after uh a Beastie Boys song, so you know I'm going to be using him. So, you know, it could be as simple as that. <clears throat> All righty. Um, what do you feel about doing a little bit of a... You got anything else to say about this week's Resistance? Mm, good show. I mean, just good. Good. Cool to see Captain Phasma. Yeah, man. Captain Phasma's badass. Well, I guess she, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say she's badass. She looks badass. I mean, but She's a hard ass, unless yeah. you assume she is badass. Yeah, and, and also... You like, don't get to be a captain by being, you know, a weak asshole. Yeah, and, and I like the, the actress quite a bit. and You know, you don't get to see her do much in the movies, but that's why it's cool to have her back in the show. Even if she's not necessarily doing much in the show, it's still like, you know. Yeah. It's pretty neat. It's All cool right. seeing Kaz be six. I mean, just, it was good to see him get a win. You know, you, he was kind of like, you know, couldn't win there for a minute. And he, you know, he saved some kids. You know, he did the right thing. And he, you know, passed on some good spy information. I mean, it was a big win for him. Yeah. Yeah, it was I, good. It felt good. Yeah, it's it's nice to see him get a win and sort of. It seems like he's slowly but surely sort of unraveling the whole first order thing. Um, yeah, getting his head around it. I'll be interested to see like where he is with the first order stuff at the end of this first season, as opposed to the beginning, and then really interested to see where they progress from here because you know it's only set six months before the Force Awakens. 
Right. And there's only so much uh, venturing you can get up to in six months. So I, I feel like it's at least got to catch up with The Force Awakens at some point. And what if it's um? Well, never mind. Never mind. I was wondering if Poe, if they send Poe to Jakku, you know, to find Lor Senteca. Uh, I believe that's covered in the Poe Dameron comic. I see. But I wouldn't be surprised if sort of Kazuda and his crew, his buddies, end up like actually within the resistance. You know? Maybe. Oh, really? Maybe after. Um, you know the Hosnian. I kind of. I was just assuming the whole thing would be the station specific. I thought we might not leave the station. I think we're probably set on this station for the first season. You know, very similar to how season one of Rebels was pretty much solely set on Lothal, but also Rebels started leaving Lothal in season two and three and stuff. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we maybe get another location. So like. After the whole Hosnian Prime thing and the Starkiller base thing go down in The Force Awakens, Leia sends off um, members of the Resistance before the beginning of The Last Jedi. That's why, like, Jessica Pava and Snap Wexley aren't there. They're off on a mission from Leia. So maybe she does the same thing with Kaz and those people. Like, all the you know characters that we know so far, maybe she sends mm, them right. off. Um, I'll be interested to see what the other characters' reaction is when they find out that Kaz is working for the Resistance. Like, Jaeger knows, obviously. Um, but I wonder what everybody, like Niku and stuff, I wonder what they're going to think about that. <clears throat> All right, you ready, buddy? I think it's time. Okay. Okay. Um, this is... <laughs> This is going to be a reading of The Adventures of Halls and Will, Part 1, written by Rusty Brown. And he has some author notes here for us. Please read the lines that correlate with your character. For each supporting character, you must read them in different voices than the one that you have. Enjoy the script and enjoy what is about to come, Rusty. Oh my goodness. All right, so Will and I kind of discussed this before. I will be playing the hall, part of Halls, obviously. And I will be reading sort of the narration and like uh, script direction. Will is going to be Will and any other characters because he's better at voices than me. So any characters besides Will or myself, Will will be playing. All right, you ready to do this, buddy? I hope so. <laughs> Fade in. Title 1, 2018. 48 hours since California departure. The sound of an engine ignites and blasts away from us. Title two. Only did they know something has gone wrong. Rubber squeals on the newly paved concrete and we hear two decisive laughs fill the air. Title three. But for them, this is merely impossible. 52 hours earlier. Exterior, train station, night. Steam everywhere. Trains honk away as they depart, and the sound of people's cheering is heard. People move in a frantic manner, trying to catch their train. Yet still, is chaotic. 
We move down to notice two mysterious young ladies sitting on a bench all by themselves. We, mo- we move forward to notice that. Wait, these are men? What the fuck? We move around to notice two men waiting for their train. This is Halls and William. Halls resembles resembled like a rock Jesus and isn't a day older than 25. Rusty buddy. I don't know that I agree that I don't look a day over 25. <laughs> William, tall, thick, and is wearing a shirt that says, I'm a chef, I'm better than you. They sit while f- chatting the night away. I'm sure I'm going to miss California, Hawes. Everything about this place is just great. How do you feel? I'm the same way, buddy. Minus the pretty fucked up people here, I say it's a great place to raise a family. Times like this, together, they're the ones I cherish. I couldn't agree with you more. Halls looks down at his Dora the Explorer watch. The time strikes 9 p.m. Oh shit, Will! Our train! Let's go, buddy. They proceed towards their train and patiently wait in a queue line to enter. In front of them is an older lady. She looks back at William and Halls. Well, hello, gentlemen. They smile at her. Let me tell you, here in California, it's always great to see two men that aren't afraid to show they are. You got that right. You got that right. So how long have you guys been together? They stand confused. Together? Like a couple? We're just childhood friends having a good time. So that's what they call it, a good time. Well, I guess that's what we call it, but ma'am, with all due respect, we're just friends. Honey, I grew up in the 40s. When you're not kidding around but but yourselves, there's no going back. The old lady notices Halls wearing a Blue Harvest t-shirt. She becomes curious. What does Blue Harvest mean? Is, uh, is that where you guys got married? No, it's the name of our Star Wars podcast. Would you like a business card? It's not necessary, honey. The last time I listened to Star Wars podcasts, these two women went around and said they would do illegal things to Kia D Monday if they had the chance. After that, I turned it off and washed my ears with holy water. I'm very sorry to hear that. Please enjoy your train ride. Wait, you said Kia D Monday? Yeah, who's the uh, Pokemon or something? Halls tries to hide his shame. It is very tempting. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure meeting you, gentlemen. Have a terrific honeymoon. Halls and Will reach the front of the line and have their tickets stamped. Interior, train, night, continuous. They make their way to their seats and we notice William start to shake. Halls becomes curious. Will, you okay, buddy? I've never been on a train before. Can you help me? Of course I can. What do you need? Will reaches out his hand. I need you to hold it. You're kidding, right? Maybe we are a married couple. The train ignites and people start to cheer as it takes off. A tear falls down Will's eye. He is still scared. It's going to be okay, buddy. Just close your eyes and imagine you're at Chili's. I've got you from there. The train moves forward and everything starts to calm down. I think I need a drink. William reaches into his pocket to grab a flask. He opens it and downs the entire bottle. He is now slightly buzzed. You better slow down there, big boy. Oh, calm down, Hawes. We'll be fine. Cut to hours later. Hawes and Will are sleeping 
when they are suddenly awoken by the train security guard checking tickets. He walks down the aisle, holding his clicker, clicking away. He proceeds to Halls and Will, who are having a hard time finding their ticket. Ticket, please. Halls finds his ticket and holds it up. It gets clicked. Meanwhile, William is struggling. Son, I'm I'm not going to ask you again. Ticket, please. William has become sweaty. Sir, I can't seem to find it. The train guard leads in. Is that so? If that's the case, then get the fuck off my train. The train guard grabs William by the chest and hurls him out of the window. He screams. What the fuck, man? That was my friend. You just can't do that. Then watch this. The guard picks up Halls, tosses him out of the train. He lands face first into the dirt. He pulls his face from the dirt and looks around for Will. Exterior. Forest. Night. Will? Where are you, buddy? It's me, Halls. We need to get home. Suddenly, Will arises from the thick brush. Halls, baby, you're not dead. Not yet, buddy. Not yet. Come on, we have to find cell service. We need to call Jesse. Did you just say we need to call G- Jesus? William, it's not that easy. I said Jesse. William, we're in California, and Jesse is in... Oh, fuck. We forgot Jesse. Hawes, what the hell? Hall starts to panic. Jesse wouldn't want us to panic in a situation like this. She would want us to find her. It's the other way around, my friend. They ponder through the thick brush and trees that tower over them. Will looks down at his phone, trying to intercept cell service. But suddenly, a rumble erupts in the bushes next to them. William screams and jumps into Halls' lap. Ah! Halls, is that your phone, or are you excited to see me? What phone? Oh, nothing. Bang! Will shines his flashlight to notice something. Something we've all seen before. It's a raccoon. They scream. Ah! Oh my gosh, Hawes. Look, it's a raccoon. My, oh my, come on, man. It's a motherfucking (laughs) raccoon. What's your name, little buddy? The raccoon smiles. He speaks with a New York accent. He speaks with a New York accent. Come on, buddy. The name's Tony. Tony Bandit. How you guys doing? What the fuck? You can talk? We move over to William, who has just pissed himself. You okay there, big guy? William defers. You can talk? I can talk. Imagine that. Listen to, you, listen to my guys. I need, I need your help. What? That's beside the point. You can talk. You know, no offense, you look like one of those guys that orders a pineapple pizza and takes the pineapple off. Young man, that's very offensive. I apologize, it's been a long day. Tony's been through a lot. I hear you on that one, buddy. You two look like you could use some help. I have a proposition. Halls looks around. Wait a minute, Tony. Did you just pee over there? Halls and Tony look over at William. His jeans are now wet. It's been a long day. Cut to exterior, forest, night, minutes later. The campfire is smoldering. Halls, Will, and Tony are sitting around it. They still can't believe it. So, uh, how long you two been a couple? Jesus Christ, we're not a couple. Look, buddy, you toast any way you want. 
but don't get me involved, please. Just gets too much for Tony sometimes. Tony can't handle that much. We're friends. That's final. All right, all right. You haven't said much. You all right? William is now in a towel, his pants dry over the fire. You can talk. How is that possible? There's a lot possible. You want to see something else? Tony starts to unzip his pants. Wait, this uh, Rusty, you never told us the raccoon Rusty. was wearing pants. I didn't know this was erotic. <laughs> it's about to get real erotic. Halls blows a raccoon. Uh, Tony starts to unzip his pants. Okay, okay, I believe you, little fella. Well, they Man. got those little hands for you, Hoss. Yeah. I believe you, little fella. Man, you're just so cute. I can't wait to bring you home. You lay one finger on me, and I'll make sure the little chef boy over there gets some blue harvest of his own, if you know what I mean. Hey, hey, hey. He was kidding. No, I wasn't. Hear me out, fellas. I'll make you a deal. If you help me with uh, what I need, I'll get you those train tickets, and you can see your girl again. If we fail at doing so, I'll come and stay with you. Don't worry, buddy. What do you need? I need three million dollars and some weed. <laughs> William's towel wets even more. I think I can help you with one of those things. The three million dollars? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Look, fellas, there's this guy named Johnny. Rogue One Johnny. He stole my girl, and a few weeks ago, I need your help finding him. Uh, he said if I give him three million dollars, he'll give her back to me. Can you help? Rogue One Johnny? He's our buddy. No, Haas. Rogue One Johnny with an O. That motherfucker. You know what? Uh, you know what? We will help you reach this Johnny guy, and together we will democratize the world together. What the fuck, Will? Calm down, buddy. Don't insult the cute little man. Wait a minute. You're William Wedden? What about it? You're the guy that got thrown out of Disneyland and Chuck E. Cheese a few days ago. You badass bitch. I respect you. What did you do? My lawyer said not to talk to anyone about that night for the rest of my uh, of the night. Come on, Will. Tell us. Fine. All I can say is that the guy inside Mickey Mouse costume was uh, pretty beat up. Oh, you sick bastard. What about Chuck E. Cheese? Okay, Mr. Cheese has a restraining order from me. This will do just fine. Just wait until we excuse we execute this plan of ours. You'll fit in just fine. What's that supposed to mean? Will, let the little guy speak. We're in need. What do you need? Tony points at Will. Halls laughs. I need him. He'll do just fine. Get your, get on your pants. I'll show the fire. Uh, I'm sure that fire got rid of the urine stains. It's a condition, Tony. Will, don't argue with our guest. He's here to get us home. But... Bad Will. No. A tear falls down Will's eyes. Guys, I'm scared. What if we don't succeed with our plan? Get a hold of yourself, Will. You're embarrassing me in front of our new friend. It's gotta work, fellas. Fade out. What is this master plan of Tony's? Will they succeed at doing so, or will they fail? Will Will's pants finally be dried next chapter? We will see. Wow. Wow, I lived that for the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however long that took. I was there. 
you know, a lot of me being terrified and pissing myself. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Did you tell him that I was a scaredy pants? Buddy, absolutely not. And I think if anybody were to listen to the podcast, they would know if one of us is a scaredy pants. Dude, it's me. I know I've just I'm just playing around. Secondly, I don't think we've ever been confused for a couple, maybe. If someone was like, is that your boyfriend? I'd be like, fuck yeah, Usually it is. brothers. That's what I was about to I say. Mean, we we get brothers sweet. sometimes. I mean, we're beardos and we got long hair. Usually it's brothers. Yeah. Are you two brothers? And every time I get asked that, I'm like, why, yes, we are. How'd you know? Yeah. Sometimes I think people wonder if maybe it's like a what e- what's even eating Gilbert Grape situation. And I'm Leonardo and you're Johnny Depp. Oh, that's awful. <clears throat> All right. That's awful. You want to get into some emails? And f- Thanks, Rusty. I was enthralled. Yeah, Rusty. Thank you for that. Man, I'm I'm impressed with that. I was impressed with fucking Will's voice acting abilities. It had to be Thank tough you. going back and forth from characters like that. It, it's a little tough. I'm so, talking to myself was a little odd. I think we got a regular ass uh, Stephen Stanton here on our hands. I'll be damned. All right, so. We're going to do some emails and some voice messages. We got a lot this week. You guys really wanted to to holler at us, apparently. Um, and we will get to as many as possible. But before that, let me fire it up with a little toony tune. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box Kitty Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his pud Kitty Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Kitty Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi council stooge but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! Blue Herb! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Witten! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Key and D! Cockhead! Cockhead! All right. First up, we got a voicemail from our buddy, Sam. Where did your voicemail go, Sam? It's right here. Let's hear what Sam has to say. Hey, Haas and Will, it's Sam. The latest episode of Star Wars Resistance shows us that Kylo Ren has been going to this village on the planet called Tahar and attacked it for some reason we don't know. Um... Now, I'm not up to date on the Poe comics, so I don't know if this gets addressed, but if it does, then it is what it is. But I um, I get the feeling that Kylo Ren's involvement in the First Order is really primarily in carrying out Snoke's orders, you know, um, looking for Luke Skywalker, snuffing out that spark that, that we learned about in The Last Jedi. So when I watch the episode on Star Wars Resistance, um, I first thought that Kylo Ren attacked the kid's village because maybe he was looking for Luke Skywalker, maybe he's on a wild goose chase trying to 
follow Skywalker around, kind of like that game um, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, like he's like following these clues to try and find where Luke is and he needs this map because it it leads to the first or, uh, the first Jedi Temple and he, he's missing that piece, that last clue to find out where he is and but you know he's going to all these spots that you know Luke was sighted at, that's my guess but so it got me wondering in the show because the, okay, so the show is leading towards The Force Awakens where we first see BB-8 and Poe on Jakku meeting with Laura Santeca. And right when we know that Star Wars Resistance is six months or so before that happens, and BB-8 is with Kaz right now, so we know that eventually BB-8 needs to leave. And he goes with Poe and eventually they wind up on Jakku. So I'm wondering if we may learn that either Kaz or or the First Order through Kaz or the Colossus find out that Poe, who is talking to this mechanic, is heading to Jakku, taking BB-8 with them, and that's sort of the tip-off to Kylo Ren that maybe they need to check that spot out. I'm wondering if we'll see that kind of connection made in this show that Kaz or, or really the storyline that we're learning about in Resistance leads to the beginning of uh, Force Awakens with uh, with Kylo Ren showing up on Jakku because I don't know if we ever really learned why he shows up on Jakku when he does you know the exact same time Poe is getting the piece to the map so I'll be kind of curious to see how that plays out uh, curious your thoughts on that thanks a lot guys bye thanks for calling in Sam he actually sort of talked about some stuff Will and I were pondering during our Cassian or uh, resistance discussion. <coughs> I definitely feel like something in resistance is going to connect with the Force Awakens. I don't know how big of a connection it's going to be. Yeah, I don't know if it'll connect to Luke specifically. Luke or Lore Santaka. Because, like I said, I've been reading the Poe Dameron comic, sort of trying to catch up on it. Been reading it here and there when I'm not playing fucking Red Dead. Um, and I enjoy it pretty well, but if, from what I understand, it sort of fills in the gap of how Poe found Lor Santec on Jakku. Now, I don't know that that answers the question of how the First Order does, so that would be an interesting connection to make. Like, maybe Kaz screws up somehow, or somebody in, in the team screws up, and that's how the First Order finds out. That would be interesting. Um be kind of sad though if it if it was Kaz's you know quote unquote fault that the first order shows up and slaughters all those folks on Jakku right but yeah I think there will be some sort of larger connection to the force awakens um when resistance is all said and done maybe even by the end of the season because like we were talking about it's only six months that's true Um, all right, next up, we've got uh, one more voicemail, and this is from our buddy, Rural Farm Boy. I have such a hard time saying that word, rural. 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 Here we go. Let's hear what he has to say. I'll do, Heisenwell. It's Rural Farm Boy again. Or Anthony, either. Who's out and about? Wondering what your most recent thoughts are on uh, Star Wars Resistance. Telling really good Star Wars stories. So they are. 
<laughs> really making me wonder where where this where this story's headed to. It's very interesting. And I know it's gonna go somewhere ain't none of us will ever figure, because that's what every Star Wars story has ever done. It always goes somewhere else that we don't ever think respect it will. That's just about it for that. Just had that one one lonely thought. And one other one, not not meaning in any ways being disrespectful, but wondering, because I know you fellas are down Alabama, yeah? Just wondering how's it being that I don't hear a southern accent. Just curious is all. I'll wake up to listen to you fellas on Saturday morning. Making my coffee. Till then. May the force be with you friends. Love you much. See you on the radio. Thanks for uh, calling in again buddy. I really enjoy your voicemails. Absolutely. No crickets in the background this time. I missed the ambient cricket sounds. Maybe this was like a. Uh, afternoon or an early morning voicemail or maybe uh the fucking crickets are gone for the winter you know that happens too um so i mean went two voicemails about resistance back to back um it's what's current yeah i'm enjoying resistance like i said like um and i'm very interested to see where it goes i feel like there's a fair amount of pop possibilities but I also, like I said earlier, I don't feel like they can cram however many series seasons of this will end up happening, be it two or three or only one. I don't feel like they can cram that many episodes into just a six-month period. So it, at some point, I feel like it has to catch up with the sequel trilogy. And who knows? Right. Like, because The Force Awakens and Last Jedi take, take place so close to each other, you know, we could get some time in between episode eight and nine filled in. I don't know that that would happen before episode nine. So considering that comes out in just a little over a year, right? <clears throat> Why don't we have Southern accents? I feel like we do a little bit. I'm sure we do a little bit. I, my mother was an English teacher, right? Hmm. Excuse me. And both my parents, are you know graduate level education so they were very strict about my pronunciation yeah see that's the thing my i wouldn't say my parents necessarily were um my mom sounds kind of country my sister sounds kind of country not in like a oh shucks y'all house but yeah they've got you know a little bit of an accent obviously my brother-in-law goose has one as well I don't know, man. I feel like some people, like maybe it's because... I will tell you. Yeah. I mean, keep going. Keep going. I was just going to say, maybe it's because, you know, to people who aren't used to Southern accents, they hear one, you know, when we talk. But I guess to maybe like more Southern and Midwestern people, it doesn't sound like we have one. I don't know. I know mine comes out if I've been drinking. But that's exactly what I was about to say. It also, I'm sober. I'm also not speaking to my family, and I'm not in my hometown. Right. If those, you know, those three things compounded, you'll get the countryest version of me that exists. But there's something about going back to my hometown and being around my family that all talk like that. That 
it, it just permeates like you when communicating with them, you communicate in their dialect right. and it slows down a little bit and things draw out a little more and you know, it slips in there and you don't really think about it. And then you find yourself talking real country and you snap back out of it. Right. <clears throat> okay. So next up, we have an email from our buddy Rashad of the Will Communication Podcast. You guys should check that out. Actually, you guys should definitely check it out because they're doing a special raffle for the Castle Toy Run. So go check it out and maybe win some kick-ass artwork while you're at it. Um, this is from our buddy Rashad. My dudes. Driving to work today and my mind went down fun Star Wars tangents of complete nonsense. As you do. And a fun one came to mind. I'm not sure if this was ever addressed in any canon or official way, but do blasters in Star Wars require reloading? I know in a lot of games, especially Battlefront, the blasters overheat. While I've checked that up to just a requirement for game command, which I've chalked up to just a requirement for game mechanics. But in-universe, do you think the blasters require reloading? Do they overheat? Or do you just replace the battery packs? Can you recharge them like an iPhone? This has been bugging me since this morning. Hope you can shed some light onto this unsolved mystery. Keep up the amazing pod. I'm looking forward to the holiday special. Your buddy, Rashad. Dude, I love Rashad. He's a good guy. Yes, he is. He was having a good old time on his birthday. He was. He deserved it, too. That was a great night hanging out with him. Such a fun night. Such a fun fucking night with cool folks um so i don't know if it's been established okay i was about to say i don't know can canonically like right in in the new canon since they re you know since they wiped out the old eu stuff like i remember back in the eu days you would hear about blaster packs which were basically battery packs slash ammunition from for blasters from what i understood yeah. And and they would have to re you know change those out and stuff. Um, I don't know that that has been established in new canon. It feel, it seems like one of those simple things that would carry over, just because why change it? You know. All I all I can tell you is what I think I can fish out of my memory from reading the West End games. You know, nineteen eighties Star Wars role playing game mm-hmm. was that blasters have power cells and. You know, it, they last longer than you would think a clip of ammunition, but eventually the power cell does become depleted and needs to be interchanged. Right. That's kind of how I vaguely remember it, too. Um, so that's probably, I mean, honestly, that's probably it. Like, I, um, it lines up with um, uh, sort of the game mechanics explanation, but in the Mass Effect series they did a cool way to incorporate ammo with guns that probably wouldn't have ammo. They had like thermal packs. So basically they would absorb the creation of like the heat from the gun, the the force recoil and all that stuff. And then you would eject that and, and, and you know, like pop in another one, like you would like a clip and a gun. So it was a way for them to work in reloading in a universe that probably you wouldn't have to worry about it otherwise, you know. Basically, putting in a heat heat and shock absorbers like a heat sink that get basically. used yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, 
when they get, you got to put in a brand new heat and shock absorber. But yeah, if I had to guess, that's probably still the explanation. Because, like I said, why change that? That's such a small, goofy. And as far thing. as overheating goes, I don't know. I'm like I know that's for games mechanics, but I'm I'm maybe if you, you know, maybe if you tap that that power source too many times, it runs critical. You run danger of you know blowing up on you. Yeah, and I do kind of like the. Um. Uh, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the mechanic in Battlefront where you're like venting the the heat from the gun, yeah. basically. That, that would be a perfectly fine explanation for me in Star Wars too. And the reason you don't like see it is because like, do you ever really see people reloading guns in action? Well, movies, yeah, you don't you know? see a whole lot of prolonged Yeah, fire like fire. a dude will, you know, have like a six six shot revolver in a movie and shoot it 13 times without reloading, you know? right. Right. This is kind of the way of movies. <clears throat> All right. So we got an email from our buddy Josh, a.k.a. Billy Bob. He says, wondering if y'all had heard this news. Link below. May the force be with you. And, oh. So this is about Matt Smith. And there was a, a story going around this week that maybe Matt Smith was playing a younger version of the Emperor in Episode Nine. Interesting. I don't think that comes from any sort of reliable source. But we know he's going to be in episode nine. We do know he's going to be in episode nine. Um, And I'm not saying that, I don't know that we would see a younger version of the emperor. I'm not saying that he created a clone. Yeah. I just don't feel like they're going to go that route. If they were going to go that route, I don't think think so. If they were going to go that route, I think it's something we would have seen before the last movie in the trilogy. It would kind of be weird. It would be kind of weird to trot out the clone of Palpatine in Episode Nine, and have unless to. you're setting him up for as the big bad for the next trilogy. I mean, yeah, I guess that could be the case. I just don't see that happening. I it think. would be a little cheese dick. I yeah. mean, it would be Palpatine's clone. Only I don't. Yeah, know. and man, would it upset the EU people because you know that was the whole thing about. Um. Uh, Dark Empire back in the day, the comic series was it was dealing with Palpatine's many clones. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't feel like that Matt Smith rumor. I feel like that may have even been like a Mike Zero originated rumor because sometimes he'll say some stupid shit like that in his videos, and then like you know, slow news day, some of the quote unquote entertainment places will pick up the story. I remember there being some hypothesis about the DJ character that was completely incorrect. Mm-hmm. And see, this is the thing. I'm not ruling out some sort of Palpatine something another in 9. I don't think it'll be a clone. I don't think we'll see like a flashback to a younger Palpatine. But It's, it's going to hurt his credibility about referencing, you know, lack of creativity. Not saying it, it would be lack of creativity on JJ's part, just saying that he caught so much shit for the Force Awakens being an homage, right? Too much, too much like a New Hope. If you start bringing up, you know, if you need to resort to clone Palpatine, like, I don't know, it just kind of screams like you weren't going with your own story. You had to bring, you couldn't create a new villain. You had to bring back an old villain. Right. Um, <coughs> yeah. 
Well, see, I don't even think it'll, like I said, I don't see it being bringing him back. But, you know, if we were to see like a hologram of Palpatine, like a, or a, like a, um, fucking holocron recording of Palpatine or something like that, that would be a, a more reasonable way. And it, like, like I'm talking like Ian McDermott Pal- Palpatine. I think Matt Smith is going to be playing like an all new character. I just don't see, um, like I said, any like, clone shenanigans or even really flashback shenanigans with Palpatine I mean maybe you know they could pull some clone stuff like oh this is the clone he had for you know he was going to move his consciousness into this one when he got to the end of that body's life cycle or whatever yeah I mean that's exactly what they did in Dark Empire though and not that you know elements of the newer Star Wars stuff haven't been influenced by the older EU stuff but not on that level Damn, if that wouldn't be right on the nose. Right? Yeah, I mean, that'd be like directly. Like, Dark Horse would be like, oh, yeah, JJ? You think that's a, think that's the way How you want to How about you cut me, Chuck? Yeah, I don't think there were, they could really do anything like that because I believe Lucasfilm, you know, outright owns any of that stuff. You know? I see. So it's not like some dude could be like, that's my property you, you cut or you copied. And Lucasfilm would be like, uh, no, it's not. We allowed you the opportunity to write using our property, and we own it. So, feck off. Feck off. All right. <clears throat> Next up, we got an email from our buddy Jim. Hey, guys. I really love your podcast. I've only listened to around 15 episodes, and I started with your reaction to The Last Jedi. I know you guys don't think Star Wars needs saving whatsoever, so before I get to my idea, I'd like you to enhance yourself. Go ahead, I'll wait. I'd love to hear you discuss this, and I hope you don't think it's too much of a desperate stretch and brush it off. I am not a typical hater in any way. I love every episode, but I have problems with The Last Jedi. I think the real problem with The Last Jedi comes from raise nobody so anybody can be special and Skywalkers are nothing special. But Luke Skywalker, Lucas said Star Wars has always been and will always be a Skywalker soap opera. So I'd like the Skywalkers taken care of in these nine episodes nice and tidy. And then you can move on to on about whoever and whatever Sith, Jedi, or Grey you want through the galaxy. So here's my oh my god shot in the dark. Hail Mary. How old is Rey? Let's say she's not 100% basic human and each one of those tally marks carved in the ATAT is a day and a day on Jakku lasts 150 hours or something. Let's say she's in her mid 40s which explains why she's not only super powerful and skillful but also help explains how out of the gate she can understand BB-8 and can understand Chewbacca and even that that slow ass little alien that caught BB-8 and bent his antenna. I rewatched Force Awakens recently, and other than being called girl a few times, this theory works. But imagine the possibilities that this opens up. She could be the product of a one-night stand after Luke was picking up some power converters before leaving on the Falcon or Obi-Wan's kid from the time during the time he was watching Luke from afar. Anyway, let me know how possible you think it is. Your peer, keeper of real. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, buddy? I, I just think it's 0% possible. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not trying to be a Debbie Downer on this dude's theory, but I think, like, why? It's way too complicated to be like, okay, so I know you guys would think Ray was probably somewhere in the same age range as Daisy Ridley, the actress portraying her, but really, 
She's 40, y'all. And that's how we've come up with who her parents are. Well, it also takes away from the fact that you know, she, you know, she can be powerful and be young. You know, you don't have to have an exp- explanation for yeah, it's, why I mean, she is so powerful. It's the same thing with Anakin and Luke. You know what I mean? Like, they're both young. They're both the chosen one. See, that's the thing. Like, I think, and it, just because Ray is the main character doesn't mean that this isn't still a soap opera about the Skywalker lineage. Kylo is a Skywalker. I mean, I even agree. Like, I'm, I will miss the Skywalkers if they're not in Star Wars anymore. Like, I like that the Skywalkers are in Star Wars. I don't need every episode to be about Skywalker lineage, or there is the only blood that can be a child. You know, I don't subscribe to any of that. But you know, I just like it. The I, you know, I'm, I like the idea of the Skywalker family. Even though I, f- I strongly feel that like Kylo will no longer be alive at the end of Episode Nine. I don't think you can discount the idea that he and Ray have a kid. You know, I'm not saying we see the kid born, Ugh. but it could happen. Gross, buddy. Are I, you serious? I'm not. I'm. I'm just Are saying. We really? Oh, like God. in a world of possibilities, is that any more impossible no, than Darth Vader possible. being? You, and it's possible. You have to it's admit, highly possible. The fans, con- certain fans would freaking love it. Yeah, but you also have to keep in mind, like, episode eight definitely reinforces. So, like, if from what we were given in episode seven, I would, like, if that's all we had, I'd be, was and would still be like, yeah, I don't know that the whole Ray and Kylo thing is going to be a thing. But episode eight definitely, at the least, made it seem like a possibility. You know? Like, they definitely had a connection. Them touching hands, like that's. But like then him Star belittling Wars. her to try to join I like, him. I don't like it either, buddy. Being I, pushy. I, no, I totally agree. I think he's bullying her. I think he's being a real shithead. And to then her. To talk about oh, wonderful, be you know, great dad, knock her up and then leave her a single mom. You know, well, like it wouldn't necessarily be by choice. I'm not saying he's going to be like, oh, you're pregnant. Uh, I got to go pick up some space cigarettes, and you're never going to see me again. But like, you got to admit. A, a Kylo redemption has to be on the cards. Will it happen? I, I can't say 100% sure on anything in Star Wars. Yeah, Star but that Wars doesn't have to rising. come from banging Ray. I'm not saying the fact that he would have sex with Ray and have a kid would redeem him, but I'm saying, like, if they become romantically entangled, all right? Just imagine this scenario, right? She's too good for him. I agree. She's too good for him. I, buddy. You're preaching to the choir here, but I'm trying to be realistic, right? So, from from a few standpoints, right? So, let's say they become romantically entangled. You're not gonna see like, uh, like a definite like, oh, they just they just had sex in between those scenes. You know what I mean? And then let's say Kylo sacrifices himself in some huge redemption gesture, right? And then. You know, at the end of the movie, Ray discovers or it is revealed that she's pregnant with Kylo's baby. Like, well, let's say that happens. Oh, God, no. Okay. No. But, but, no. but is it not realistic that that could happen? I mean, it could happen, but you yourself are like, there's no sex in Star Wars. 
but there's no on-screen sex. But how the fuck was Kylo born? Like Ray, like uh, Leia mean, and Han didn't just stare at each other, and she was like, "Oh shit, I feel something in my stomach." I yo. mean, Padme gave birth on screen. Basically, yeah, like. right. So what I'm saying is, if the quote-unquote Skywalker line is to continue, quote-unquote, then that's I get it. But one I'm way. not. Oh god, I'm not down with that. I I think you should be at least come become as comfortable as possible with the idea. Not saying Dude, it's gonna happen. If if she becomes romantically involved with Kyle Ren, I will be disappointed in Ray. You say that, but it could like that's that's JJ and uh homeboy, I forgot the other writer's job. If that's the story they want to tell tell. And I'm not saying it is, but if that is the story that they it want will to be tell. epic and tragic and romantic. If that was your daughter, would you be proud of her dating that guy, or would you be disappointed? Well, if I knew that he was like you're nobody, you mean nothing. This isn't your story, but you mean something to me. I'd be like, damn, that dude is a douche. What do you see in him? You know what I'm saying? But th- we also don't know what Kylo's going to be up to, and it's weird to me because I feel like. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of stuff to handle with Kylo and a lot of stuff to handle with Rey separate from each other in Episode Nine. as far as, like, you know, continuing and wrapping up their story and stuff. So where in, you know, a two or two and a half hour movie, like, see, this is the thing, I'm not a, I'm not a writer, I'm not a screenwriter, but where do you work in some opportunity? I personally think... If you want, like, I'm not saying they won't become romantically entangled. I think it's a possibility. I just don't like it. It fits this sexist trope, like, oh, he's the bad boy, but I love him, and I can change him, and he'll change for me. Like, I don't, I don't buy that shit. Like, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that. So, from, from, I can sort of see what you're saying, and I don't like that angle either, but to more, me... I want Ray to have a better story than just being the person who helps Kylo be redeemed. And I think at the end of the day, there's a way to do both. And I think her ultimate story will be to continue on the Jedi after episode nine. I think she will be sort of in the Luke Skywalker at the end of return of the Jedi role. Right. I, I just think she will mean more having helped Kylo Ren if she does it without, the romantic angle on it to me. Right. I, I can see that. I can see why people think it's a thing or want it to be a thing. Like there is I a see lack why of... they want it to be a thing. Like I get the tragic, Oh, like, Oh, Kylo Ren, you're so broken. You're so broken and you're so brooding and there's so much pain there. You know, like I can take it all away. I can heal you. Like I get it. Okay. Hey, can I just say like, this is Hall's talking. That was Will talking. Any upset Raylos out there? Like, I'm. I try to be understanding of the Raylo side of things. I am not. <laughs> if, if I cannot abide such if, horrendous thoughts. If you uh, if you have anything, any questions or comments, please direct them towards Will. I, I, I'm just trying to sit here and discuss. This happened the last the last time we brought up the Raylo thing. This exact same thing happened. Yeah, but really. going back to the guy's question, like... I'll tell you... Okay. I'll just tell said, you this. 
Go ahead. Uh, I went to high school for a long time, and I was always the best friend and never the boyfriend. And it never made sense why these girls would be with these guys that treated them so poorly. It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. It still doesn't make sense. Why be with someone that treats you poorly when there are people out there that would treat you better? Yeah, but not every woman is the same and not everyone is like that just because you experience it in high school. You know, a lot of people got to grow beyond that. But that's what it comes from. That's what all of that comes from for me. But back to the guy's email. Um, <coughs> so with the guy's email, like he says he wants it to be a, a Skywalker story or a soap opera about the Skywalkers. It still is. Just because Ray is not a Skywalker does not mean like Kylo's in it. Luke and Leia are in it. You know, it's still a story about the Skywalkers. I think, you know, there's one of two ways, or not necessarily, but there's two, a couple of ways. Like, so one is Kylo dies and that's it for the Skywalker bloodline, which is fine. Bloodlines die off all the time. And that would make the first nine episodes of Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, right? So then who's to say like episode 10 doesn't come a few years down the line and that's the beginning of a new saga, but it's still within, you know, the enumerated Star Wars movies. It's just right. the second saga among them. I mean, and that could be that that wouldn't work. I, I <laughs> you could establish another lineage if you wanted to another family, right? It could be a, a fresh new start. I still think it would carry on in some ways from the story of whatever the end of episode nine is like Ray would be in it. And the aftermath of whatever Ray does with the Jedi order and stuff would all be part of that. Right um, now there's always like, look, I could be counting my chickens before they hatch. Maybe Kylo is redeemed and survives. And maybe he goes into exile, you know, like maybe he goes on self-imposed exile, kind of like Luke did. Right. To right, tie right. Atone, try to atone for everything he's done. An if, atonement quest. If that happens, then that leaves the Skywalker bloodline fully open. Fully open for progeny. I kind Kyle. of I kind of prefer and and like I said, another option is like Kylo and Ray have a kid, whether that includes Kylo dying in the movie or it happens, say, in between episode nine and a hypothetical episode ten. You know, that's something they could do to once again continue on the Skywalker bloodline. I'll be honest, though, I would be perfectly fine with episode nine being the wrap up of the story of the Skywalkers. And if they want to do an episode 10, we focus on Rey and her adventures and lineage and whatever comes after Rey. You know, I think there's there's plenty of options they can take. I just don't know which way they're going to go. But I guarantee you i'm not saying it's going to be full on a romance movie but there will the the ray and kylo of it all will be addressed in some way and i see people saying and i can see why they say this like at the end of episode eight when she closes the door to the falcon that's her her sort of closing the door on kylo and i, I mean yeah visually. she like severs his connection to him like yeah and that that you know that definitely visually makes sense but i also don't think that happens and never comes up again. Because if you look at it, there's a serious I'm lack sure of the it. tension will be there. Yeah. Like it always has been. But they just touched hands once. I yeah. mean... But for Star Wars, that's that's like fucking third base in Star Wars. 
I don't know. She also grabbed his thigh. She does grab his thigh in that uh that Praetorian guard fight. I don't know, man. I and you know Kylo, I don't know that he's got much time for uh flirting with ladies and dating, so that was probably a big, pretty big deal to him. He's like, well, she touched my thigh. Yeah, I don't think Ray is going to be 40. That I just don't see that. That's such a complicated, like, Star Wars is not known for being all about the complicated explanation, you know? it kind it, Star Wars is a little more straight and to the point. It's very Star Wars is a lot less know about it and a lot more feel it out. Mm-hmm. Do you do you feel it like? Okay. So next up, we've got an email from our buddy Dave. How you doing, you old pirates? Three orders of business this week. First, like you, I'm caught up in Red Dead Redemption Two. My favorite thing about this game is not the shooting, not even the missions or the story. It's just existing in this world that feels alive. It's stumbling stumbling upon weird stuff it's hunting it's picking flowers for christ's sake this is the star wars game we never gotten a true open world adventure i want to track a crate dragon i want to repair moisture evaporators i want to bet on pod races and i want to harvest me a japur snippet damn it no lightsaber required games like the old republic had their moments but never anything like this Second, watching the last 10 minutes of Revenge of the Sith is like a checklist of all things George needed to wrap up to end the series. The birth, who gets the kids, the Death Star stuff, Tarkin, Force Ghosts, Vader in the suit, etc. It really felt like George knew it was the end of everything, so it was a very straightforward bridge to cover all the bases. But had he known that more movies were to come, I think he would have ended with a twist that would have rivaled No, I Am Your Father. What if when Padme is having her baby, they were triplets? And the whole new trilogy could have started with the audience knowing of some four sibling out there that none of the characters know exists yet. Almost like a character that acts as Chekhov's gun. And lastly, as promised a few weeks back, here's the pumpkin I carved this year. And the pumpkin is a badass. It's Luke facing off against the AT, ATs on crate. Wow. Oh, that's It is a real cool. <clears throat> yeah, I'm still obsessed with Red Dead, my dudes. I kind of wish I was playing it right now, but I'm having a good time talking to my buddy about Star Wars. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I would want a Star Wars game. Like, I don't know if you took Red Dead and just reskinned it with Star Wars stuff. I would love it. I'm not saying I wouldn't dig it, but... There are a few differences like, you know, Red Dead seems to be set in one area. I mean, I it's at least it's in one state, for, you know, at least. So I would I would like it to be like Red Dead, but with multiple planets. Like I wouldn't want to just be on Tatooine or just on, you know, wherever. Because I, you know, I want to see different Star Wars locations. Um, but what I've been saying is a Star Wars game of that quality of that, that scope takes years. Yeah. I mean, red dead redemption two has been in development for like eight years. You know, I don't know because of the way that the star Wars licensing works with video game companies, at least right now, like with EA and stuff. I don't know that they have the time to put that long, you know what I mean? 
to put that much budget and development time into a Star Wars game. I wish they did. And maybe we'll get to that point in the future. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with him. Like a, a big open world Star Wars game full of that kind of detail and scope would be incredible. <clears throat> um, and what was his other thing? Oh, about the triplets? Yeah, I don't know that old Uncle George having known... Like, part of me feels like he knew eventually Star Wars Episode Seven would be a thing. Despite all the interviews he did saying, no, this is it. You know? I, I feel like he knew at some point, whether it be him or he sold off or whatever happened, that Star Wars Episode Seven would be a thing. Um... I don't know. I, I don't. I think the prequels' purpose was more to show the backstory of the original trilogy and how things came to be. And I think even George Lucas, you know, when you hear little bits and pieces of what he had in mind for the sequel trilogy, it was a a very passing the torch, beginning of a new thing type story, which at the end of the day is what we're getting. Um, Maybe in a different way than, you know, George had envisioned. But I still think it would have been sort of the start of something new, regardless. So I don't know that they really would have done anything like that. I agree. Uh, it is interesting because in earlier drafts of Empire Strikes Back, and I think at one point there was going to be a story involved like before they made Leia Luke's sister, I'm probably going to get some of this wrong, but originally Luke's sister's name was Nellith and she was off in some other part of the galaxy and wasn't going to become a thing until after Return of the Jedi. Like she was either going to show up or Luke was going to go look for her or something. And you know, this is early days on Empire Strikes Back before, you know, like shortly after Star Wars and stuff. So in some ways he's he's kind of right that it was a somewhat of a plot you know not necessarily that it was triplets but there was going to be a skywalker sibling somewhere else out in the galaxy that they would be looking for or they would come across all right we got one more email and then we will let you guys go and this one is from our buddy brad h hey halls and will as it relates to episode nine, what are some questions that are still left lingering from the force awakens that were not answered in the last Jedi that you'd like to see revo resolved? What are you each personally hoping to get resolved answered by the inclusion of episode nine for me in no particular order. They are raised lineage. Sorry. I just don't buy that. Her parents are drunk, junk, drunk, junk traders. I feel that in the moment it was the hardest thing for her to hear, but still don't think it is as simple as that. Maybe her parents were from a certain point of view. Maybe the people that raised her weren't her parents and she blocked off the memory of her real parents from Kylo, which is what he saw. Everything is so cyclical in Star Wars, so I'm betting that her people were who traded her weren't, in fact, her birth parents. If Kylo really wanted to do away with the Sith, why did he try to recruit Rey? Always two there are. You need a teacher. I can show you the ways of the Force. Sure sounds like Sith teachings and history to me. <clears throat> and why didn't the dark side fall <laughs> at the end of Revenge of the Sith or Revenge Return of the Jedi if 
Anakin was redeemed and restored balance. Well, he wasn't, and he didn't. So who's the chosen one that will restore balance? Otherwise, what's the point of the trilogy? Just some ramblings and thoughts. Happy fucking Friday, Brad H. <clears throat> so, you know, I know people go back and forth on the Ray's lineage thing. I think it's going to be an Empire Strikes Back thing, where Vader told Luke the truth, Kylo told Ray the truth, and she agreed with it. So, buddy, I think it's as simple as that. Um, what do you think, Will? I, I, I agree as well. Uh, with Kylo wanting to do away with the Sith, I would explain that in either two things, in two ways. Either A, he was bullshitting and trying to get her to join him so they could then maybe try to become Sith or something. Or he wants to try and do his own thing. And make something. I think besides that's the what Sith. it is. I think it is too, because it would make sense that he thinks he's better than the whole Sith thing, anyway. Right. Now, why didn't the dark side fall at the end of the Return of the Jedi if Anakin was redeemed and restored balance? So, Anakin was redeemed. If he wasn't redeemed, I don't think you'd see him showing up as a nice, sparkly blue ghost. You know, I think that's sort of your visual information that he was, re- and I think he Definitely. did. I think he did restore balance. The thing is, is, you know, just because he restored balance doesn't mean balance is going to stay in place forever. There can always be something that then comes and upsets balance. And in this case, I believe it's Snoke and Kylo. And just because they aren't Sith doesn't mean that they can't upset the balance of the force. And, you know, the way that George Lucas seemed to view the whole balance of the force thing, at least for a time, George changes his mind about this stuff all the time. Um, is that the Sith, not the dark side were what we're putting the force in imbalance. Cause there's always going to be a light side and a dark side. There's always going to be people join, you know, drawn to the good side and people always drawn to the bad side. So it wasn't like Luke and, and Anakin were purging the galaxy of all evil right? There's always going to be that light and dark, but the Sith were like taking the dark side and perverting it further and doing unnatural shit in the force that was throwing the force into imbalance. So I think eliminating the Sith was what brought balance, not eliminating the dark side. There is like a distinction between the two. Just because because, like Luke says, you know, with powerful light comes powerful dark. Right. Can't you have to have both sides of the coin. And I think Anakin was the chosen one. And honestly, it seems like if you if you're going by watching Star Wars, Anakin was the chosen one, so was Luke. He was the chosen one for that generation. Anakin had a fall, which he didn't have to. Anakin could have brought Oh, excuse me. Anakin could have brought balance to the force without a fall from grace. He could have. He had an opportunity. He could have. And, and, you know, from what we know about the prophecy, like the little bit we know about the prophecy of the chosen one, he's born of a virgin in the force and he brings balance to the force. But that's not, that's like the Cliff Notes version. If you read the whole, whole dealio, you find out, oh, well, he's going to fall to the dark side and destroy all the the Jedi and the galaxy is going to be run by an evil empire for 20 something years. And That's then he's work. right. It, they don't completely spell it out for you. Right. That's not how prophecies work. Um, I, I just feel like the force 
not necessarily creates a chosen one like it did with Anakin every generation or anytime there's a need, but when when the need arises, a new chosen one arises. So be it Anakin or Luke or Ray, I think that's your three chosen ones, basically. Chosen one for their respective generation or their respective story, at least, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Is there I any mean, it, it at least shows the evidence that the force has self-correcting measures mm-hmm. to balance itself. So is there any plot lines from um, the Force Awakens or the Last Jedi that you'd see, like to see wrapped up or tight, tidied up? Um, oh, man. The Finn. Finn finding his place. Yeah. That's the really the one I want to see the most. I um I want to I want more information on that fucking force vision. I don't need them to sit me down and explain each thing. Cuz why even thing. show that to us? Why even show us that? I think it gives no you relevant? some I think it gives you some important information in an interesting way at the end of the day. You know, like um we get the glimpse of Luke finding the temple destroyed. We see uh, Kylo and the Knights of Ren up to evil shenanigans. But and Kylo and the Knights of the Ren is the only information, only piece of information that doesn't come somewhere else as well. Exactly. That's what I want explained in some way. That scene in the rain with Kylo and the Knights of Ren. That's one thing I want figured out. So... Or just the I think Knights that'd of be Ren a perfect general. limited series. Knights of Ren would make a cool limited. Oh man, that would be badass if they wrap up episode nine and they're like, "All right, you guys want another Star Wars mini series? Kylo and the Knights of Ren. Bring Adam Driver back. Get him to do an eight episode mini series if he's down. I would be so into that. I think that's a really good idea. Um, yeah, man, I'll be here all day. But I think I think we need some sort of information on the Knights of Ren, what that whole thing was. Like, I would like after episode nine to be able to sit down and watch The Force Awakens and sort of understand each individual little piece of that Force vision, you know? Yeah. That's one thing I would like wrapped up. And that's about it. I'm just down for the ride. I want to see where they take me. And I want to see, you know... I want to see how the resistance comes back from so few people. Like, there's a few people out doing missions off screen, and then whoever's on that Falcon, that is not a huge resistance. So, I want to see how they bounce back from that. That's true. All right, buddy. Well, I think that about does it for us tonight. All right. Uh, Thanks for taking the time to record so late on a Thursday night slash Friday morning. Oh, dude, thanks for taking time to record with me. Um, if you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Uh, leave us a five-star iTunes review when you have a chance. It really helps us out. And besides all that, uh, we'll see you next week. I bet you we don't get much Star Wars news because we had a big one this week. And the end of the year's coming up kind of quiet around this time. But we'll at least discuss some resistance and hear from any of you guys. 
that might want to call or write in. But until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.